What's up, comic book fans? Pete here from Comic Books Transformed, and I am with my very good friend, Brian, Mr. Cord's hair. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing good, Pete. Yes, uh, Brian lives in the New York area, and I live uh, in Texas, and right now we are dealing with almost like a post-apocalyptic scenario over here. There's a big freeze. School's been closed for three days. It's going to be closed tomorrow, too. And uh, my power went out for a little while. And so it made me think a lot about the show we're going to discuss today, The Last of Us. Some of the pictures you've been posting on online uh, have very much reminded me of, of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's just, it's just funny to me that I think it's colder there than it is here in, in, uh, in New Jersey. Yeah, it's so weird, man. Uh, as we mentioned in our review, because we've been doing this show since uh, the first episode, um, you know, the very first scene that you see, well after the cold open is uh in austin texas the show begins in austin texas yep. and so now we are moving into the future and we're moving to a different part of the country uh and we're talking about episode three long long time so brian first off um i wanted to point out that we go from joel and ellie and we cut to bill and frank and it's pretty much the whole episode is just bill and frank right yes um, did you like how they kind of segued to Bill's situation? Like, do you remember it was like, uh, Joel and Ellie, and then they saw this like pit full of dead bodies, right? Yes. Did you, is there something like that in the game where it's just like a dead body pit? Um, I, I think they're, they imply that at points in the game. Um, I, I, I've actually been rewatching the cutscenes. I don't actually have time to play it. I'm playing too many other games. I can't replay that game again right now. Um, yeah. So I'm watching the cutscenes of it, but I do vaguely remember them uh, implying that uh, a similar uh, outcome where the uh, Fedro um, was just flat out killing people when the quarantine zones were filled. Yeah. Just because well, for the okay. same idea that, you know, um, if, if they can't protect them, then they're just potential more infected. Yeah. So like you know, utilitarian, so like bleak. It's like, okay, well, hey, if we can't fit you in here, then you're just another target. We're just going to take you out. And so um, they actually focused on the bones of like a mother and an infant. And then they like cut back to the past, to 2003. And there's that mom and that infant about to get on the bus to go get taken to the ditch to go get shot. So pretty freaking bleak. But then the episode kind of takes a left turn and gets a lot more uh optimistic so um i was gonna say nick offerman playing a survivalist character that seems pretty on brand don't you think yeah i mean like he's he is very um uh he does a lot of like he has like his like own woodworking company too so it's, it's very on brand for him to be this character i even think he looks a decent amount like the the character of bill uh in the game yeah well have you ever watched parks and rec or no uh, I've watched some Parks and Rec, but not not extensively. Doesn't it seem like uh, Bill is the kind of character that like Ron Swanson would want to be? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of people were crying. Like they would post on Twitter, like "I'm crying, girl. I've been crying so much over this episode." Um, my wife started crying once Bill started playing. Uh, long, long time by Linda Rodsack. Is that song? Is that in the game at all or no? I don't believe so. I, I, I believe this was chosen for the show because uh, I, I think the song is about like, like 
middle-aged love, so to speak. So yeah. uh, and it's appropriate for their their relationship uh, in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about that relationship. So you have Bill. He's living on his own. Essentially, the whole town's been cleared out, and now he is left on his own in his house. He has an underground bunker that's filled with guns and everything you can need to survive. He goes and he transforms his town into his own little complex, basically, and lives there for at least like three years, right, by himself? Yes. Yeah. And then uh, after three years, there's a person that stumbles into one of his traps, and it is Frank. And so Bill is played by Nick Offerman, and then uh, Frank is played by Murray Bartlett, who I keep saying every single episode, I like him so much. I think he was fantastic in this episode. Um, you don't meet Frank in the game, though, right? That is correct. Um, he's just uh, referenced. Mm -hmm. uh, I, they, uh, they, they show his body. I don't remember if they show his body or not, but he's by the time you find out more about him, he's already dead. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what about Bill, though? You meet him. You do meet Bill in the game, yes. Yeah. Um, Bill is there when, when Joel and Ellie get there, and, uh, you know, same basic idea is that Joel needs a car so he can start traveling out, uh, out west, um, and they need to go get a, a battery from somewhere on the other side of town. But, obviously, there's, there's infected there. So, there's actually a lot, a lot of infected. I mean, obviously, the game, you know, you need enemies, you need challenges to overcome. Um, so a lot of this sequence in the game is just sneaking around Bill's area, the town he's in, which isn't as protected as it was in the show and, uh, and with Bill and, uh, and then, you know, fighting off the infected and then getting the battery. So when you get the battery, does Bill then die in the game? Bill does not die. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, what happens is when you find the battery, um, it, Bill goes to the place where the, he thinks the battery is, but they find out it's gone. And they, as they're escaping, they go to a nearby house that Frank was staying in. And he is the one that took the battery, and he left a suicide note for Bill, essentially. And then he hung himself. Um, there's no mention of illness of any kind. Um, and while they do sort of hint at their relationship, it's not like, super flat out said but like heavily implied um bill just mentioned a partner and this, this you know this guy who's being a jackass which is frank uh, which is frank and then uh he, he seems to be really upset about uh, uh about seeing the body and then reading the note afterwards huh okay uh do you know who plays bill in the game i do not uh it's yeah. not nick off right okay 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 that's that's very interesting that's very interesting because um you know, did you did you watch the behind the scenes by any chance after that episode? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So, so the guy who uh, is the creator of the game, I fuck, I forgot his name, Nick Druckman or Druck, uh, yeah, Nick Druckman, yes. Yeah, okay. So he's he's the guy who created the game. Uh, he makes this point right at the um, behind the scenes at the very beginning of it. He says that if they can change something and it's for the better they will make a change for the show. But if uh, it makes it worse, then they don't. And he said that by going into Bill and Frank's relationship, that was, they were making something better. And um, also in that, he talks about how every episode basically shows like doing something out of an act of love or how like love affects people. And he was saying that this particular episode focused on 
um, innocent love or like that, that sort of that innocent romance. Whereas I think that like probably in other episodes, like, you know, we've seen Joel dealing with the grief of losing his daughter in the first episode, right? So that's yeah. sort of like the consequence of love is like, you know, a loved one has died and, and you're dealing with that grief. Uh, and this, I mean, it is a true love story and it is beautiful. And honestly, having not played the game, I kept thinking, okay, well, what horrible thing is going to happen? Are there going to be some raiders that are going to come and like hold them hostage? Uh, is Joel going to show up at their house and they're both going to be dead? Is one of them going to get infected? And it just was this like bottle episode that told their lifelong love story, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So as someone that played the game, how, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I do agree that it, it was an improvement. Um, one of the criticisms I have in the game is that, um, you know, the parts of the actual gameplay is, is essentially a murder simulator. You know, you're killing infected, you're killing, uh, you know, uh, raiders or whatever you want to call them, uh, other humans. And, and that's a, that's a, a large part of the game outside of the story so watching the story it, it is already very cinematic and very uh tv or movie like but um all that all the the actual gameplay uh which is fun but it, it kind of takes away from the story in a sense because it's like how do you take this seriously when this guy is literally murdering hundreds of people <laughs> right. uh, and, and I, i'm not i'm not like i i obviously I, i'm a video game enthusiasts. I'm not anti-violence in games or anything like that, but it does sort of, it is sort of like weird to, to have this heavy-handed content with these characters that you're supposed to sympathize and identify with, and they're just all murdering some people. Right, right, so yeah, right. This was really great. Um, I, I really think this is a great thing to expand upon. Uh, it was it was very uh, lightly hinted at. Uh, maybe not lightly, but it, it was implied uh, that Bill and Frank were in a relationship, and that Bill was gay, uh, and, and it was a romantic relationship. Um, they don't ever really say it, but uh, how you tell is he mentions Bill mentions his partner, and and losing his partner or his partner leaving, and then uh, at the end, uh, once they get the truck uh, running, uh, you find out that Ellie stole some stuff from Bill's bunker, and uh, among that was some comic books and like a like a uh, like a Playgirl equivalent magazine, you know. Oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, okay. When you're going through their town, is it all like? Oh, you said it's. You said it's not as well protected. Um, is there like things like you know Frank's artwork and stuff, or now is that all added for the show? Now, okay. I don't think so yeah, because it, it it looks it looks exactly like you've been seeing like the city's look. You know, it's yeah. just really overgrown with 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 nature and all that. Yeah. Um, Bill's little area was was a lot more contained to just one house. And not a whole like block, and uh, you know there was a bit more danger around them um, in the in the game, uh, but more so in the, more so in terms of flickers rather than um, other people. I see. Yeah, um, it, it's really interesting because um, you know me. I, I say this all the fucking time, but I always like I hate exposition dumps, and I always feel like you know show don't tell. And there's this great sequence where uh, after Bill and Frank have been together for like, you know, decades at this point, um, Frank is like painting one of his pictures and they just show his picture kind of close up. And you see that like the lines have gotten all blurry, like he's kind of messed up his picture. And you can kind of draw that conclusion of 
maybe he has like Parkinson's or uh, like MLS or something like that, right? And yeah, they never kind of degenerative, degenerative disease, yeah. Right, right. Like no one ever says like you have this disease. Like no one says that. It's, and then like later in the episode when Frank admits that he wants to die, he says they didn't have a cure for this before the world ended. So no one's gonna be able to help us. They never outright say what it is. And I, I just love little things like that where it's like you're not. It's not you have to hold our hand and tell us everything. You know, let us fill in the blanks. Yeah, no, I appreciated that too. Because if they were like, "Oh, I know what this is," like, like you're not doctors. I mean, like, how how do you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Really good yeah, point. So yeah. I, I do think that was a nice, realistic touch to it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, so here's the thing, right? Is that the scene that Sherry was crying at that I mentioned before when they played that Linda Rodsat song? I'd never heard that song before, and that's the name of the episode. And um, you know, they play it at the end of the episode. To me there's and, and i've said this a bunch of times on when we cover stuff there's this sort of higher level of shows where it's like you know real like thought and effort and it's not so much about like putting on a product or like you know oh this is this brand or like this is a marvel thing or the dc thing just like a real person trying to tell a story that connects with the audience we have that scene where like bill and frank are in bill's house and he makes the food for him and then he goes over to Frank goes over to the piano and starts playing, like that was something else, man. That that fucking scene that got me. Yeah. When he when when uh Nick Offerman plays the piano, oh man. Yeah, that got me too. Although I, I think the scene that got me the most was uh, the strawberries. Yeah. I don't know why. This, yeah. The the the, um, the level of joy that uh, Bill expresses in that moment. I, it was unexpected and very realistic. It's like, holy shit, this is something I haven't had and I'm legitimately happy. I'm going to make this weird sound that I didn't think I could make probably, you know? Yes, 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 yes. And that's why it, it's such an awesome episode because Bill, like if you look at him just on paper, he looks like this sort of survivalist kind of nut job guy. And then he has this like soft side to him that comes out with Frank. And um, I'm actually really glad that they made that choice to have them die together uh, and, and like, kind of have like mutual suicide or whatever um, versus the way that you explained in the game. I think that that's better. <clears throat> and I certainly am glad that like they didn't get killed by like clickers or like raiders or something. Yeah, like I, I totally agree. And it was nice to, to have that little like be thrown for a loop. Like I didn't expect it. Like when when they when he mentions uh, the you know when Frank mentions the line about the, the other pills I'm like wait what <laughs> you know, nice little surprise uh, in in a good way that you know because when you're expecting everything sometimes it, it is fun to watch and see it played out in live action but yeah. um, you know it is nice to be surprised and, and especially if it's a good change like they said like they said if it's a good if it makes it better then it's a good change and I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and I think the creator of the game has even said that he wants to surprise people that play yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also really like the touch of the last thing you see um, is the window of their room. And you just see the window, and that's it. Again, leaving it up to your imagination uh, of what it, what it could look like. Uh, I, I know that in the note to Joel, he says it won't be a pretty sight. Right. Uh, but, like, like that, that – that that's all that's the perfect example also of like less is more you know exactly exactly people keep comparing this to the walking dead like danny keeps saying that he's heard it compared to the walking dead 
And I feel like on The Walking Dead, they would show their two corpses and it would be kind of like this disturbing thing to see their two dead bodies, you know? Or like when they're going back to that bedroom after the drugs have started to kick in, like they'd start stumbling or something, you know? It'd be this overdramatic thing, but it's like, nope, they go back to the bedroom, they close the door, then you just see things through that window. And it's just like you said, it's just like really well done, you know, yeah. very tasteful. Um, so this episode was written by uh, the man who's written like pretty much every episode. I think his name's like Craig uh, Bazin or something like that. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever the writer guy is that um, writes the show. And um, he's just really fucking good. Like it, it was just like really well done. The, the director was uh, Peter Hoare, H-O-A-R, right? And um, he he has done a lot of like genre things. He's directed episodes of Doctor Who, and he's directed episodes of Daredevil. And um, what the fuck was the third one? I wrote it down too. I'm sorry. Dare, uh, no, Umbrella Academy too. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's done a lot of the stuff that we like. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And I thought because I, I remember on Twitter I saw someone say there was some kind of connection between this episode and uh, the Black Mirror episode, San Junipero. But I, I couldn't First see mention that too because that, that was like a like a great love story too, uh, you know another queer love story, um, right? It really sticks with you too, um, uh, just like this. I, I I would absolutely put both those episodes in the same league. Right. Yeah, you could almost do like a double header. You could like watch one and then watch the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So have you watched like a lot of Black Mirror or no? Yeah, I've. Um, I think I watched all of it. Um, Maybe a little bit of the most recent season I didn't see, but uh, I would, all the earlier stuff I've definitely seen. The the Choose Your Own Adventure movie I, I did two versions of too. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I remember doing that too. Um, what's your favorite Black Mirror episode? I know this is a little tangent, not related to anything we're talking about. But... Um, oh man, I mean, San Junipero is definitely one of them. Um, God, I can't, I can't even think of any other ones right now. You know the one? Um, shit. Where the, it's the guy from Nope, and like I always know his fucking name too because me and Danny are always talking about him. You know the guy that's in uh, Nope, and he's also in Get Out. Yeah, Daniel. Co- Daniel Okoya. Uh, uh, o- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's Wait, fucking yeah. great. He's in, he's in this, Black Panther too. <laughs> he's in Black Panther. He's in the first one, right? But anyway, yeah. he's in this one episode um, where everyone's like on treadmill—not treadmills, they're on bikes. Remember that? And it's like yes, yes. Re- that that's like one of my favorite ones too. Yeah. Um... God, yeah, like I haven't thought about this show in such a long time. I really like the Star Trek uh, one too. Mm-hmm. That was real. That was good. Um, God, I can't remember anything else. <laughs> See, but like it's literally been like five or six years since I've watched it. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you haven't seen like the one with like Miley Cyrus? Yeah, I saw that one. Okay, yeah. okay. That that was that was like that was maybe good, that. Yeah. And then you see the one with the, with the two guys playing the video. Like one of them's. We, I think yeah. we talked about it, like Falcon and yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, because it's like Mantis and like the Black Power Ranger, like the, the avatars, and then it's like Black Manta and um, Falcon. And Falcon, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah well, anyway, I, I think the reason why I was talking about uh, Black Mirror so much is because this almost felt like it could just be a Black Mirror episode, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. it's not really a twist to it, but yeah. Right. Good point. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, what I was gonna say is that when you you tie in the people that are the main characters and you have ellie and joel right um like i i felt like their parts in this episode i didn't really care about you know and, and actually when they went back to ellie and joel i'm like okay you know i like them but i, I want to see more bill and and frank and um 
you, you know, I, I did though like when you saw Bill interact with Joel in the past. Yes, um, I thought that was a nice touch too. They're kind of like a little, they're, they're very similar people. Yes. Um, but they, they, they do find some kind of uh, common ground, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a nice touch to, to, to see them in the episode. Um, it, it, it's almost funny to me that it, it sort of like how we, we got a Mandalorian episode or two in Boba Fett. And we wanted to stick with that rather than, you know, Boba Fett. Um, but reverse actors this time. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Well, um, Pedro Pascal, there is something to his acting. Like, I always wonder when it comes to a scene, like, how much is it just like the way that he wants to do something versus what the director's telling him? Like, if the director's telling him literally, hey, say this like this. Because there's one part that I loved so much when uh, Tess and Frank go to talk for a minute, and they walk away from the table, and then you have Bill and. Um, Joel at the table and Bill's got the gun pointed at Joel and they're talking and they kind of seem like they're seeing eye to eye and Joel even says something like hey I could get you this kind of copper wire I can do this kind of thing he's like I can get that gun out of my face like the way he says it it's it's like you're not expecting him to say it just like that and it's so good you know yeah. do you remember what I'm talking about yes totally remember yeah I and, also and, remember to the other scene when they're when when uh, Joel and Tess are leaving um they start talking about in the background um the the radio codes which was a nice callback as well yeah yeah the 70s and 80s right 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 so i mean like that reminded me of the mandalorian too because there's so many times where he has to kind of do like little threats like that or someone's holding a gun to him and it's just something about pedro pascal's delivery where he's so subtle but yet you could tell it's like no don't fuck with this guy yeah he's very imposing with with saying and doing very little yeah well put man well put so um, I think we can kind of wrap this up, but I wanted to bring up last but not least, and maybe this is the most fucking, uh, the biggest part to talk about is that this episode in itself was controversial. Like, I think that people were upset because they felt like it deviated so much from the game and there was backlash about it having this focus on this gay couple. Did you read anything like about that? Um, I, I, I feel like, so for once, I feel like I've read more positive things about the episode and how, yeah. great, how great of a love story this was rather than the homophobic backlash. I think anyone saying that that using it was a deviation from the game is just a, a, a signal to say that I don't like I'm homophobic and I don't approve of, of uh, queer romance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, right, is that I feel like I'm so deep within my own echo chamber that, like, any kind of mention of controversy, I don't see people say it, like, as their individual tweet. Like, I don't see someone tweet something negative about it. I see someone responding to someone's tweet, right? Yes. Uh, But, I mean, in terms of the other side of it, you know, the positives, like, it actually got talked about in a meeting at my job. Like, we had a meeting, there was, like, 15, 20 people, and people were talking about it for a good two, three minutes. I, I didn't hear it because I turned my volume down because I hadn't finished the episode yet. Oh. I just, just in case, didn't want it spoiled. But they were saying positive things, like very positive things. And I've seen tons of people that I don't normally see post things, even on Facebook. Like, you know, like, holy crap, this was incredible. Yeah. Um, and it, it just kind of speaks volumes. So I, I definitely saw more positive to this episode than I did negative. But I have heard about 
that backlash, uh, that homophobic backlash to it, which I just think is just stupid. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. And um, I think someone, I think it was uh, Chris. Yeah, our friend Chris. He actually had this great point of like, you know, um, do we ever see gay people complaining about a, a romance between two straight people? Like, and, and like he, he was basically implying that like we see that all the time and that's not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Did you see his tweet about that or? Yes, I, I think I did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely uh, I would definitely say that, you know, there are probably more probably a larger percentage of heterosexual people in the world than homosexual. Absolutely. But, um, and, and I could sort of see that there is a lot of that, well, a lot more of that representation in TV these days, which I think is a good thing. But um, I don't think anybody should feel that it's like being slammed over their head. Um, mm -hmm. It's something that exists. Um, maybe they are trying to do it to kind of desensitize people to it and to, and to accepting it more. Mm. Maybe that is an ulterior motive um, for some of the, the, the creators. But uh, I mean, it's still to me is like I don't know why people care about this. Like why? Why is this a thing? Like why? Why do people take issue with this? Right, right. I agree. It's it's like all, it literally all it happens is it's these two people that love each other and they find romance. That's it. There's nothing yeah. else to it. There's nothing that's like they do that's controversial. Um, I, I was thinking to myself, what if Bill was a heterosexual man? And he was the same exact character, survivalist guy, and then he finds a woman that comes in. Would that make this episode different? Would the episode be boring if it was just a, the same exact scenario, but it's a heterosexual woman that comes in? Um, so th they would still be different, different personality types. So I, I think it would still be impactful, um, but I, I think it's I think it's more impactful because it, it is a it is two men, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, well, because, yeah, I agree. See, if it was a heterosexual man and a woman, it would be interesting, at least in regards of maybe this man was a complete shut-in and he's never been intimate with anyone, and then he's with someone that, like, accepts him and they find love, right? That's interesting. Yeah. But the fact that they're two gay men, it's like, you know, the end of the world essentially allowed them to have this time by themselves and to be who they were and have their own little world to themselves. You know? Yeah, I, I feel like that um, because they're opposites, because, as I mentioned, there are there are, uh, is a greater percentage of heterosexual people in the world, the fact that they found each other and right. have that beautiful thing is feels so much more like destiny, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, that's, that's much grander uh, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah, well put, man. So I just, I have this one quote uh, that was a response. It was Raul Coley. Do you know who that is, right? Yes. Yeah, right, right from like a lot of the um, Mike Flanagan stuff and he was an iZombie. Anyway, um, he, you know, played all the games. He's a big video game guy. And I saw he had this, this multi-tweet response to people's criticism of this episode. And he had this one quote. I'm just going to read it real quick. Uh, this is the last one. I, I just feel like this, Brian, ties in with a lot of discussion that you and I have on this channel. He says... You know who doesn't belong in the arts? Weird, toxic, masculinity, jock-type, homophobic dudes who fucked around in art classes and thought drama was gay. But for some strange reason, they've grown up thinking we should only be making stuff for them and keeping all the progressive stuff off their screens. The entitlement is hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's what we were talking about the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I always remember, like, 
kind of being in English classes and stuff. And, you know, people make jokes about certain things. But the reason why we would talk about certain things in English class is because for its time, it was topical or it was like ahead of its time. And we've kind of we grow because they show us stuff that we don't normally see, you know, that's why it's called progressive. Anyway, I'm off my fucking soapbox, and I think we're done with our episode. Yes. Um, if, if if you guys like me and Brian, if this is your first time watching us, well, we did the first two episodes of The Last of Us, but also this week we did a uh, discussion of all the new movies that are coming out from DC that James Gunn announced. So you guys should definitely check out that video on our channel. It's called Gods and Monsters because it's focusing on the Gods and Monsters phase of James Gunn's plan. And then next week we will be back with another episode of the last of us uh but then brian i think if these shows aren't your thing or anything too we will be able to cover an ant-man soon in a couple weeks and then probably mandalorian uh in early march yes so hopefully you have a boner for pedro pascal and you'll be back with us in some form or the other and uh all right we'll talk to you guys real soon thank you so